Chapter Forty Seven, The Wanderer by Fanny Burney. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter Forty Seven. The gentle tap that Miss Hart, fearing to disturb her, gave at the door of Flora deceived the expecting girl into a belief that Sir Lyle was at length arrived, and crying in a low voice as she opened it, "'Oh, sir, how long have you been coming?' She started at the sight of Miss Hart, with an amazement equal to her disappointment. Presently, however, with a dejected look and tone, "'Well, now,' she cried, "'it is only you, Miss Hart. I thought it had been somebody quite different.' Miss Hart, entering, inquired with surprise why Miss Ellis had said that Miss Pearson was ill, when, on the contrary, she had never seen her look better. "'Well, now, Miss Ellis,' cried Flora, whispering Juliet, "'did not I tell you, as plain as could be, "'twas nothing but make-believe?' Juliet, without offering any apology, answered that she had invited Miss Hart to make her a visit. "'Why now?' "'What can you be thinking of?' cried Flora angrily. "'Why, you know, as well as can be, that I want to see nobody. "'Why have you forgot all I told you already, and about you-know-who?' "'Why, never knew the like. "'Why, he'll be fit to kill himself. "'I'll never tell you anything again, if you beg me on your knees. "'So there's the end to your knowing any more of my secrets.' and you've nobody but yourself to think if it vexes you never so miss hart interrupted this murmuring by inquiring who was the sir that miss pearson expected adding that if it were the shopman it would be more proper miss pearson should go downstairs than she should let him come up to her room the shopman repeated flora simpering and winking at julia no indeed miss hart you have not made a very good guess there has she miss ellis i don't think a man of quality and a baronet is very like a shopman do you miss ellis this blundering simplicity of vanity was not lost upon miss hart oh ho she cried you expect a baronet do you then miss pearson why there were no less than two baronets in the shop as i came through just now and there's one of them this minute crossing the way and turning the corner oh me is he gone then cried flora looking out of the window oh me what shall i do oh miss ellis this is all your fault and now perhaps he'll be so angry he'll never speak to me again and if he don't ten to one but it may break my heart for that often happens when one's crossed in love and if it does i shan't thank you for it i assure you and it's just as likely as not juliet though she sought to appease both her grief and her wrath could not but rejoice that her unguarded redundance informed miss hart of the whole history and miss hart who thought plain appeared to be a very worthy woman immediately endeavoured to save the poor young creature from the snares into which she was rather willingly jumping than deludedly falling by giving her a pressing invitation to her own house for the rest of the day but to this neither entreaty nor reproof could obtain consent 
flora like many who seemed gentle was only simple and had neither docility nor comprehension for being turned aside from the prosecution of her wishes to be thwarted in any desire she considered as cruelty and resented as ill-treatment she refused therefore to leave the house while hoping for the return of sir lyle and continued her childish wailing and fretting till accident led her eyes to a favourite little box when her tears suddenly stopping and her face brightening she started up seized it opened it and displayed a very pretty pair of earrings exclaimed oh i have never shown you my presents miss ellis and now miss hart may have a peep at them too she's in pretty good luck i think and then with exulting pleasure she produced the costly trinkets that she had received from sir lyle with few less valuable which had been presented to her by sir jasper and all the baubles however insignificant or babyish that had been bestowed on her by her friends and relatives from her earliest youth and these with the important and separate history of each occupied unawares her time till the return of miss matson miss hart then descended and urged by juliet briefly and plainly communicated the situation and the danger of the young apprentice miss matson affrighted for the credit of her shop determined to send for the mother of flora who resided at lewes the next day relieved now from her troublesome and untoward charge juliet had her door opened and retook possession of her room and there a new view of her own helpless and distressed condition filled and dejected her with new alarm the licentious declared purpose of sir lyle had been shocking to her ears and the consciousness that he knew that she was informed of his intention added to its horror but for her inability to show her resentment in the only way that suited her character or her disposition that of positively seeing him no more but how avoid him while she had no other means of subsistence than working in an open shop the following morning but too clearly justified her apprehensive prognostics and of the improprieties to which her defenceless state made her liable at an early hour sir lyle gay courteous gallant entered the shop under pretence of inquiring for sir jasper whom he knew to be invisible from his infirmities but all his own nurses and servants told him till noon miss matson was taciturn and watchful though still from the fear of making an enemy respectful while flora simpering and blushing was ready to jump into his arms in her eagerness to apologize for not having waited alone for him according to his directions but he did not look at miss matson though he addressed her nor flora though by a side glance he saw her expectations his attention from the moment he had asked without listening to any answer whether he could see sir jasper was all and even publicly devoted to juliet whom he approached with an air of homage and accosted with the most flattering compliments upon her good looks and beauty juliet turned aside from him with an indignant disgust in which she hoped he would breed from her resentment of his scheme and her abhorrence of his principles but those who are in deep vice are commonly incredulous of virtue 
Sir Lyle took her apparent displeasure either for a timidity which flatter would banish, or a hypocrisy which boldness would conquer. He continued, therefore, his florid adulation of her charms, regarding the heightened color of offended purity, but as an augmented attraction. Juliet perceived her failure to repress his assurance with a disturbance that was soon increased by the visible jealousy manifesting in the pouting lips and frowning brow of Flora, who, the moment that Sir Lyle, saying that he would call upon Sir Jasper again, thought it prudent to retire, began a compulsive sobbing, averring that she saw why he had been betrayed, for that it was only to inveigle away her sweetheart. Pity for the ignorant accuser might have subdued the disdain due to the accusation, and have induced Juliet to comfort by her self-defense, but for a look, strongly expressing a suspicion to the same effect from Miss Matson, which was succeeded by a general tossing up of the chins of the young workwomen, and a murmur of, I wonder how she would like to be served so herself. This was too offensive to be supported, and she retired to her chamber. If already the mingled frivolity and publicity of the business into which she had entered had proved fatiguing in her spirits and ungenial to her disposition, surmises such as she now saw, raised of a petty and base rivality, urged by a pursuit the most licentious, rendered all attempt at its continuance intolerable. Without, therefore, a moment's hesitation, she determined to relinquish her present enterprise. The only, as well as immediate, notion that occurred to her in this new difficulty was to apply to Miss Hart, who seemed kind as well as civil, for employment. When she was summoned, therefore, by Miss Matson, with surprise and authority, back to the shop, she returned equipped for going abroad and after thanking her for the essay which she had permitted to be made in the millinery business, declared that she found herself utterly unfit for so active and so public a line of life. Leaving then Miss Matson, Flora, and the young journeywoman to their astonish, she bent her course to the house of Miss Hart, where her application was happily successful. Miss Hart had work of importance just ordered for a great wedding in the neighborhood, and was glad to engage so expert a hand for occasion. Agreeing to allow, in return, bed, board, and a small stipend per day, with infinite relief, Juliet went back to make her little preparations and take leave of Miss Matson, by whom she now followed to her room. With many earnest instances that she would relinquish her design, Miss Matson and Eunice, with the very common character to which she belonged, had appreciated Juliet not by her worth, her talents, or her labors, but by all her avowed distress and acknowledged poverty. Notwithstanding, therefore, her abilities and industry, she had been uniformly considered as a dead weight to the business and to the house. But now, when it appeared that the penniless young woman had some other resource, the eyes of Miss Matson were suddenly opened to merits to which she had hitherto been blind. She felt all the advantages which the shop would lose by the departure of such an assistant, and recollected the many useful hints in fashion and in elegance which had been derived from her taste and fancy, 
her exemplary diligence in work her gentle quietness of behavior and the numerous customers which the various reports that were spread of her history had drawn to the shop all now however was unavailing the remembrance of what was over occurred too late to change the plan of juliet though a kinder appreciation of her character and services while she was employed might have engaged her to try some other method of getting rid of the libertine baronet miss matson then admonished her not to lose at least the benefit of her premium what premium cried juliet why that sir jasper paid down for you juliet astonished now learned that her omission as an inmate of the shop was she had imagined due to the gossiping verbal influence of miss Bidle, was the result of a far more substantial money meditation of sir jasper she felt warmly grateful for his benevolence yet winded and reflecting upon his doubts whether she deserved it and confounded to owe one another and so heavy an obligation to an utter stranger she was finishing her little package when the loud sobbings of flora while mounting the stairs for a similar though by no means as voluntary a purpose induced her to go forth with a view to offer some consolation but flora not less resentful than disconsolate said that her mother was arrived to take her from all her fine prospects and loaded juliet with the unqualified accusation of having betrayed her secrets and ruined her fortune juliet had too strong a mind to suffer weak and unjust censure to breed any repentance that she had acted right she could take one view only of the affair and that brought only self-approvance of what she had done if sir lyle meant honorably flora was easily followed if not she was happily rescued from the earthy perdition nevertheless she had too much sweetness of disposition and too much benevolence of character to be indifferent to reproach though her vain efforts either to clear her own conduct or to appease the angry sorrows of flora all ended by the indignantly blubbering damsel's turning from her sulky silence juliet then took a quick leave of miss matson and of the young journeywoman and repaired to her new habitation End of chapter 47